Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and as usual I'm joined by Meow Buddy. Meow It's at IT Hedgehog. It's Peter Jones. And Peter, I just I'm fresh off the Manchester meetup and I talk to many people. They say they love the podcast. They like your input, but not one of them called you Peter. They all called you at the IT Hedgehog guy. So how does it make you feel? That is fine, Steve. Absolutely, absolutely fine. I can stay anonymous. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a hedgehog that's good at IT is fairly out there. So I don't know how anonymous you're going to be able to stay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. I mean, the amount of time and money you've spent building up that brand of IT Hedgehog. And now finally, it's paying off. What can I say? What can I say? Well, the Manchester meetup, Pete, you missed, a, you missed a cracker, missed an absolute cracker. So to give people a recap, so we had the Manchester meetup in the Brotherhood. And again, I don't know if the lads actually listened. I've sent them an email to thank them. Uh, but it was one of the best meetups we've had. Definitely one of the best meetups I've been to. We had 50 plus people in the venue on the night. They closed off all of the downstairs area. We had darts tables, foosball tables, um, tables you could stand at, boots that you could sit in, more TVs than you could shake a stick at. Um, and the game was flawless on it as well. Obviously, the result was pretty tasty, but you know the fact that there was no streaming nonsense, the game was on Sky, uh, the stuff was reliable, and a big shout-out to Chris um, for the sort of pre-setup, and then Mason, who was there on the night, was absolutely amazing. He's a Colts fan. It's the only bad thing about him, uh, but apart from that, I think he's quite uh, fantastic. And Aaron as well, and all the lads and ladies behind the bar. It was just really was a sort of a flawless night from a, from a meetup perspective from start to finish now can I promise that for Cardiff uh, in the coming Sunday no I can't probably because the game will be um, I don't know I don't know what the connection is going to be like I'm going to arrive there on the night that's the head of steam in Cardiff Tickets are still for sale. You can still rock down to the venue. I don't care which one you do uh, because at this stage, the numbers are what they are. Um, so again, there was probably going to be twice as many people at the Manchester meetup than Cardiff. Um, and you just got to shout out, lads, because Cardiff so far has been a nightmare. So <laughs> come on down. Uh, Manchester was great though, Pete. Um, everyone there was super knowledgeable. Some people brought their dads. Um, so it was great to see uh, Simon Daly and his dad. Dad, an absolute gent. Um you know, people brought their wives. Some of the wives brought their husbands because they were um, bigger fans. So big shout out to uh, the Ashtons that were there in the night. Uh, the usual diehards were there as well. Uh, some newbies that came on their own. And I did my very best to assimilate all of the newbies into the group. And I'm pretty sure people went by with um, some friends for life. So again, just a typical meetup. And again, we gave away a signed Aaron Jones jersey. So again, a relative of Peter Jones. Uh, we gave away his jersey. Did He played well on the night. Give your cousin L text there. So David Henderson won the prize on the night. And the best part about it was, Pete, it was his birthday that Fantastic. night. So he was even saying, and he bought the ticket. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get some uh, birthday luck. And he couldn't believe it when he won. Um, so again, that's what these meetups are all about. The Cardiff uh, meetup, there's uh, probably two little people going to be raffling off jerseys because I'd have to give it away for a 10 quid. Um, and, you know, contrary to popular belief, we don't get this stuff for free. We actually buy it ourselves um, and then sort out the stuff after that. But if there's enough people, if you just rock down, lads, there could be signed jerseys given out on the night. That's the head of steam in Cardiff. But that's the last I'll say about the meetups. Um, now, I did try maintain 
the air of what was going on at these meetups on Insta stories. And now, Peter, are you a big, you can tell by the way I say it that I'm obviously, I'm a big tech whiz. Uh, are you into, I'm sounding like an elf too. Are you into Instagram, Pete? Are you taking pictures of your food on the daily? No. Is that I do most so- social media platforms, Steve, but not Instagram. Not Instagram. Well, you see, the thing is, is when you've model looks like you do, Pete, you just don't want women and modeling agencies clamoring for your signature and trying to get endorsement deals. I think it would cheapen the at IT Hedgehog brand. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine, right? Um, <laughs> Steve, I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, it's We all know it. So the thing is, is I, I didn't know how to... I knew how to add the first story on Insta stories, but not how to actually add subsequent stories. So I figured that out the night before um, with the help of uh, some younger, hipper people. Um, I say it like I'm old. I'm not really that old, and people are probably shocked when they saw me at the venue. But anyway, um, so yeah, I put it all up there, and I did my very best. And from consulting with some of the younger crowd... Um, you know the the twenty nine, twenty and nineteen year olds there. Uh, they were pretty impressed by the Insta stories. We did the back to our challenge. I got that on Insta stories as well. So do stay tuned to our Instagram. Is what I'm saying. Instagram.com forward slash UK Packers. Um, and so what, you're tell- what you're telling me, I've now got to get on Instagram stories, face, whatever it's called. Yeah. And go All look of those okay. You see, now you're you're coming off a bit Belichickian, if I can say that. Is that a word? <laughs> uh, you know, where he was like, I'm not on face swap or whatever he's saying, like yeah. my face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was good. It was great to get all the stuff. I don't know how bloggers do it, though, you know, where they live their lives. Like, here I am taking a poo, snap, you know, and then they put a nice little caption on a location of in Dajax. Um, but yeah, I'm getting better at it. So Cardiff should be good. But do stay tuned to our Instagram um, because you see some stuff. And we got a couple of thousand views on the um on the stories so that was nice uh, to see that many people watching kind of getting paranoid and stuff um but yeah so cardiff coming up get to the meetup after that it's lambo week seven after that oh also people are mad to go to the dublin meetup i can mention it now the 8th of december it's locked in we're booked i just need to get details on the welcome drinks um but from being a paddy packer myself and from being at the wool shed which is where it is um and from going there before you know, in a non-Packers capacity. Um, it's going to be a cracker of a night. And the welcome drink is probably going to be Pints of Dublin Blue. And I'll say it, right? You can book tickets or just tell me you're coming. Um, either way, I just need numbers for the venue so that they book off the right space as they did in Manchester. Anyway, Pete, I think I've rambled on a lot about the thing, which is exactly why I have to put time codes on the podcast to let people know when the real stuff starts. <laughs> so again, um, we got off to, uh, not that I saw a whole lot of the game on the night because I was too busy trying to make sure people had their old fashions, uh, but fast start and then we kind of lost momentum in or around the time GMO, I believe, uh, fumbled the ball on the sideline. And after that, for whatever reason, the Vikings kind of got a stronghold in this game. Can you answer me one thing from being a Packers connoisseur from back in the 70s uh, and all the way to now? From you as a seasoned veteran looking at this game, were we that good on offense and did we get off to a rip-roaring start? Or was it the fact that the Vikings defense was that bad at the start? Or was it a mixture again of the two? Probably a mixture, but I, but I, thought, I thought they looked very sharp on offense coming out for those, you know, for those first three scores. And... and you know, they they they, they mixed it up. Um, we saw a, a dump off to the back, a screen pass. We saw some quick outs. We saw quite quite a lot of different things going on offensively in those first in those first three series. And then and then you're absolutely right. I mean that that Gmo's fumble um, 
the whole momentum of the game almost swung at that swung at that point. Yeah, I mean, all of this talk of kind of a slow start for the offense and we expected to get a little bit better. I didn't know the Packers game plan was to say, right, we were pretty bad and we had about a minute's worth of an offense that was good in week one. Let's extend that to a quarter and a half and have the drop off. So I reckon, Pete, by week 16, we should be getting at least three and a half quarters of good football ready for the playoffs (laughs) to rip off a full game of offensive play. A couple of uh, talking points again that are probably null points in my mind anyway I don't know how you feel about them number one was the Buzz Lightyear action on Aaron Rodgers he had that um, you know wristband with the plays on it and he explained it in his press conference that it's it's it makes sure that they can get to play in faster and that's important I mean that just goes to show cleverness yep. and also a bit of humble pie for Aaron Rodgers that he wasn't going to come out and sort of say no screw you I'm not wearing a wristband it makes me look like an amateur and um, the fact that he has a wristband now that said Tom Brady has worn a wristband for forever and um, so it's not as if it's a knock on yep. your skill as a quarterback and it's a new system and it's not your typical west coast offense there's more sort of jet sweep action in there um you know the stuff is very wordy so it was like look obviously that was a problem last week it was that they were running the clock to zero nearly all the time so this was a way to get it off quicker and what i found was is at the start of this game when they did get the ball out quicker and we were firing on all cylinders and then when the game started to sort of slow down and become a bit more labored um, well then we weren't really getting that purchase and another one was is the argy bargy as well between um, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur yeah I mean I yeah there's little doubt and I don't the 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 plays appeared to come in quicker and they got to the line of scrimmage with longer left on the play clock in those first two or three drives and then as the game progressed they seemed to revert back to this, you know, Aaron would get to the line of scrimmage and there was three seconds or four seconds left on the play clock and they, and they were rushed. And I, and I, and I don't know whether, which comes first there, you know, the chicken and an egg, did did the offense struggle because they were getting to the line of scrimmage with, with four or five seconds left on the play play clock or were they, were they getting to the line of scrimmage with four or five seconds left on the play clock because the offense was was struggling and, and, and the whole process was slowing down or, or falling apart? Dif- difficult, really difficult to know. Um, whether there was really any argy-bargy between Lafleur and Rodgers, there was clearly a few uh, clearly a few words said, but I, I think it's one of those things that kind of happens a lot and you don't see it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think there's any. Just that the camera was trained on him. Yeah, I loved it, Pete. To be honest, I mean, I look because like I love the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers exposed what it was. It's that the floor came out and sort of gave out to him over you know the look of the defense or whatever. And Aaron said he was surprised that he came out with him with it. And I love that. I love the fact that he's coming out and challenging him because. You know, LaFleur's a young guy. He has a quarterback who's not much younger than him. He's coming out, giving out to him. And Aaron Rodgers is giving out to him and the two of them are going at it. But like what they asked him in the press conference, and I know they make, you know, loads of stuff out of nothing. And LaFleur, in fairness to him, has called the media on some of their BS um, this season. Like, lads, you just won't let this thing go. Um, you know, he's and Aaron Rodgers says that he got he got nice and snug on the bench and they were sitting there talking. And then, like, I love the way they were sort of adding was a pro football talk and Mike Florio and like, oh, he's just going to have a field day on this. Um, and then they were like, oh, no one does this. This is like, you know, untypical. And then they showed the gif of Tom Brady wearing the face off um, Josh McDaniels and not in the Irish way of wearing the face off because that's usually <laughs> a good thing. Um, but it's uh you know, they were given out to each other. But this is what happens. I mean, it gets fire and the two lads are sort of going at each other. That happens all the time. Like, I mean, if you teach your partner to, to learn how to drive, I'm pretty sure there's going to be divorce proceedings in the car. But when you get out, it's all fine. So that happens um, in that relationship. But one thing that I did notice as well, 
I guess two comments that I have. Um, number one, I believe that the the slowness of play calls. I still think Matt Lafleur is getting his feet underneath him with play calls, and I think Aaron Rodgers is doing the honourable thing, um, which is what he should do as a loyal, um, a loyal subject of the Lafleur kingdom is to come out and defend them and take the blame and take the hit for some things. When I don't, I think it's potentially not Aaron Rodgers. Not that he's flawless whatsoever. I'm not saying that, uh, but I think that Lafleur probably is still a bit wet around the ears. And they they fired off when I'd say that game was likely scripted, Pete, at the start. Would you say? Yeah, and and I and I also I also think that you've got three guys working together for the first time. So you've got you've got Hackett up in the booth, then you've got Lafleur, and you've got you've got Rogers. So I think you've kind of got three three personalities, three you know three guys working working together for the for the first time. So I think it, it just takes time, and I and. and and we've said all along that it's going to take time for this offense to get to get moving. I think what what was kind of strange was that you had this sudden burst of excellence, if you like, for a, for a quarter and a for a quarter and a bit, and then it all almost reverted to what we saw last week. Mm. Um, so that was that was that was quite strange. And and, and clearly, you know, Rogers came out and said that you know Mike Zimmer had made a number of adjustments and stuff, and that clearly and that clearly happened. Um, also it gets games get weird don't they when you get that kind of three touchdown lead it's do you carry on running the same offense as before do you just naturally get conservative I think you naturally I think you naturally get conservative particularly when um, you're not an experienced play caller so you know Lafleur's calling plays for the for the for the first time or mainly for the first time as a head coach and i think you, you get into that situation which perhaps you don't expect to be in and, it, and it's like do we carry on mixing it up as we were doing before or do we do we start running the ball more i think that you just get into a into a into a strange mindset yeah. um, and i think that's what happened the momentum momentum swings very quickly in this in this game and you know, there's lots of things that as the game was going on, you know, you could see the Packers running more and more on first down. Whereas when they came out in the in the opening series, they were throwing more on first down and stuff just just changes as you as you as you go along. And whilst twenty one points seems like a huge lead, it's not a huge lead after one and a bit quarters. You know, it's different going into the fourth quarter with a twenty one point lead. After one and a bit quarters, you've still got three quarters of the game to play out. Yeah, and it's it's true what you say too about the adjustments because an awful lot of the times when you hear podcasts and including our own, and I do feel that we do try to be quite um, objective um, while also being fans, but it's so easy to just talk Packers when you don't even consider that there's another team that we're playing against. So it's kind of like, oh, we didn't get the run going. I don't know what's wrong with Aaron Jones. Or, you know, like we can say whatever we like, but when really, as you say, it comes to the other team making adjustments. And that's what the Vikings did. And another, there's a few anomalies in this game as well, with the sense that we were 21 zip up and yet their first score came from a blistering run by Dalvin Cook. So it's counterintuitive to think, because what I was saying on the night was is that this is fantastic in the sense that we've put up such a lead, it nullifies Dalvin Cook. So with our cornerbacks and safeties as explosive as they are, and some fantastic plays from Gio Alexander on the night, um, and Kevin King's interception in the end zone was spectacular as well. So as good as we were playing, um, 
in our secondary, you would have expected that, you know, for us to just cover Stefan Diggs and Thielen, who are just one of the most explosive duos in the league, albeit Cousins had a pretty grisly night as well. But I believe that Kenny Clark, for instance, had a standout performance to make it difficult yeah. for him. He was always disrupting stuff. Blake Martinez had the most tackles on the team and the most tackles between both teams, in fact. And, you know, lads like Daniel Hunter, I mean, he out-tackled him. And, and I know opposite side of the ball and everything else, um, opposite teams. But... Um, you know, it was just it was it was a weird game for that sense that their first score came off just a busted um defensive play to for him to rip off a big run. And then there was other times where we were trying to put down the tackler and it just felt like they got that extra little bit to get the first down. Um so there was some really counterintuitive stuff um happening. And also, I mean this offense as we see it is pretty stifled at times in the sense that when lads are on blocking assignments, and this applies for the wide receivers, which I saw a lot of, and also uh, Jimmy Graham, which one lad put up a, a clip that I didn't notice at the time of where he didn't pick up any uh, blocks at all. He literally just feebly ran up the field and looking back as if to say, it's not my responsibility. Um, you know, like our blockers aren't doing well. Our tight ends, like Aaron Rodgers even said it like, uh, you know, he wants to get the ball to 80 more because we're just not getting the ball to our tight ends, not getting it to Jimmy it, Graham. Yeah. No, it, it just, it limits it, Pete, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we have Devontae Adams. We targeted MVS. He had one uh, spectacular catch, but just a, a lights out play by the Vikings defense to knock that away. I think it was a 27-yard gain in the fourth quarter, which would have kind of got us out of trouble there too. Um, so we're stuck kind of with Devontae being the go-to guy, Aaron Jones being uh, a fantastic player, five yards uh carry average Jamal Williams being kind of a bit part player and then outside of that then we kind of lack the weapons to be able to get stuff done uh, yeah and that's and that's the aside from the um getting to the line of scrimmage with three or four seconds left on the play play clock that's the worrying thing on on offense is that you know the tight ends weren't targeted all night I think I think there were two targets to the tight end and one was to Mercedes Lewis which was really a throw out of bounds a throw away and the second one was a throw to Jimmy Graham that was called back on an offensive pass interference yeah. on, on Graham other than that there were no other throws not a single throw to, to to the tight end for the rest of the game you know and that's you would imagine that's not by design um and 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 you're right then and you look at at the rest of the offense and and, and obviously Devontae Adams and, and and Aaron Jones were out were outstanding and are outstanding it, it looks a little bit anemic outside of, you know, those two and, and Aaron Rodgers. It looks, it looks, it doesn't look great. Um, you know, um, there are a couple of plays, you know, there's one where, where Gmo fumbled and then there was another play where, where, where Gmo caught a pass out in the flat, but couldn't get the, couldn't get the first down, couldn't make the two yards. Um, but on both of those plays, I think if you look at both of those plays that um, MVS missed, missed the block, yeah, that would have a sprung sprung Allison a bit further on the first one and sprung him for the first down on the on the second one. So there was a you know a couple of things going on there, and it didn't it didn't look great. But it's I think you know the, the, it's it was a weird offensive performance. It's difficult to to understand how you project that into next week, and 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 you know what what are you what are you getting next week? Are you getting the first three drives Packers offense, or are you getting the offense from the from the rest of the game? And is this how it's going to be for a lot of the season? 
Yeah, it's it's um, hard, isn't it, Pete? I mean, we came up against two absolutely ridiculous defenses, and we've came away two yeah. and zip. The first time a, a new head coach has since Vince Lombardi. Uh, not to draw too many comparisons to Lombardi just yet, <laughs> but I mean, because uh, they, you know, they seem like a bit of a struggle. Yeah, and but but you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, we both predicted the Packers would be two and zero at this point in the season. <laughs> not <laughs> so so so. If I was laying any money on it, I would have predicted the Packers would have been zero and two at this time in the season. So mm. so we have to be upbeat in terms of. Um, you know where the where the Packers are two two divisional wins, uh, and you know and obviously upbeat about about the defense. It's just it was just it's just odd the way Sunday panned out. If they'd struggled on offense and, and moved the ball here and there, I could have kind of understood it more than trying to work out what we, what we've got right now. I guess if we're really honest with ourselves, this is what we kind of expected going into the first game. Yeah, you know I, I think if we looked at it go back to our preview issue. It was pro. It was probably all about. Um, we expect the offense to struggle during the first four or five games, maybe the first half of the season, and to get stronger as the season went on. So it's probably what we expected. It's just we were hoped. I guess it might it might have been a little bit more explosive and a little bit, uh, and that they'd be able to move the ball a little bit more consistently than they than they have. Well, I'll tell you what, this is the absolute best case scenario for me. I mean, absolute best case because the defense have made that step up. All of our acquisitions are playing lights out. The Smiths, their chemistry they have between themselves and what they're adding to the locker room from what we hear is just unbelievable. Uh, Preston Smith coming away with like, you know, that bobbled um, pick uh, that bounced yep. off uh, one of the players or maybe one of our defensive players uh, knocked it out and he sort of scooped it Sav- up with it. Savage. Yeah, yep. so I mean... You know, the defense is just lights out. The fact that we've done that against uh, two teams now is encouraging. But again, I'm going to hold judgment until we, we do it consistently through halfway through the season to show that we have it. But I don't see, there's no evidence there that anything that we've done is fluky. It's all crazy good pressure. Uh, Kenny Clark is looking better than he ever has, uh, which showing that it's not just the new acquisitions that are doing the business. Jair Alexander is just playing out of his skin. Uh, Kevin King isn't injured yet, so that's great. And the thing that can't be... Um, <laughs> sort of I don't know looked at lightly is the fact that we come up against you know defenses that both defenses in the last two years have knocked out Aaron Rodgers so the fact that he's still healthy is unbelievable the <laughs> fact that Bulaga is uh, and I don't know why I said his name like that like he was some sort of Russian um, but Brian Bulaga is still healthy and playing the best football that he's played in his career I would say you know he's came up against some absolutely premier pass rushers um, and pressure merchants and he's doing incredibly well yeah, I think I, I think I think Belaga's probably across the two games probably in, been the standout player on offense. Yeah. So I I, th- I think I think he's done done very well. I back to Yari is clearly struggling with this, with this bad back that he's that he's got because he struggled a little bit on on Sunday with um, uh, Everson Griffin. Yeah. Um, the, the Vikings defensive end. Um, but yeah, no, Belaga's been been excellent and I, and I guess the other interesting thing that we saw on the offensive line was that Elton Jenkins got a number of snaps at left guard so um, probably about 30% of the snaps at left guard so um, Lane Taylor was in there for the first couple of series mm. and then Jenkins came in Taylor came back in later in the game and then, then Jenkins again so it's interesting that they start to work Jenkins into 
into the lineup. It's worrying for Taylor though, isn't it? Because it's it, it is oh, definitely yeah. performance based for him because he didn't look like he was holding up too well in the night. No, no, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I mean, Taylor made an excellent block on the scoring play. Yeah. Um, the uh, Jamal Williams pass. Um, where he blocked his man and then got up the field and almost, almost threw Jamal Williams into into the end zone. <laughs> um, but um, but no, I, I think when you when you go back and look at look at the look at the film, look at mm. the tape, um, yeah, J- Jenkins certainly looked like he played at a s- superior level to to um, Lane Taylor. So worrying, worrying for Lane Taylor, but it's, but it's good that the Packers have been, you know, beginning to work Jenkins into the lineup, even if, even if they're not planning to start him any time this season, you know, to have a guy who will have played a lot of snaps come next season or a lot of snaps come later in the season. If somebody were to get injured is, is, is excellent. So yeah, that's all good. It's good to blood them. I mean, again, it's another one of those yeah. perfect scenarios for me. Uh, like, it's an abundance of riches where before we had done Barkley. Uh, you know, that was our kind of, um, yeah. that was our go-to. So the, the fact that we're in this situation is fantastic. But like I say, I mean, this is exactly how we need to be because we're still figuring it out on offense. We will be figuring it out uh, by the end of whatever our last game is for sure. It'll take two to three years to have this thing to bed down. For me, I think Matt LaFleur is still figuring out he hasn't he hasn't come up against all of the situational football that he needs to do. You know, he hasn't been down by so many points. He hasn't been up by so many points until this game. So now he'll yep. know for the next time, okay, well, maybe just crack on with the game plan or maybe just stick with what was working. Don't try get other people in. Don't be too inventive or maybe be inventive. You know, like he's going to have different sort of scenarios that are going to come naturally to him. And he's going to have to get that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers as well to sort of say, which he seems to get his input a lot in games. Now, I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers obviously has an ego. So in his, you know, post-match pressers, when he's saying, oh yeah, he comes up to me and he says to me, what do you like here? What do you want to do? You know, I think that's, as well as that, that's Aaron Rodgers' sort of way of letting the media know I still have a large input in this as well, Yeah. Uh, you know, and that I'm still out there. But perfect scenario that we're still figuring it out. Defense have showed up. Offense are trying to get something going which they played lights out at the start we're sort of stumbling our way to a win because this could have been an awful lot of a closer game as well because with the one missed extra point by Dan Bailey and also the missed field goal that's four points this was a one point game yeah. um, So the, and you never know how the momentum shifts PTA when the game's a little bit closer for comfort you know no absolutely and, and it's you know as we often as we often say you know games swing on two or three plays mm. so 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 like you've just you've just described you know it's four points there there's an end zone interception you know kevin king's pick pick in the end zone um you know you, you've potentially got 11 points on those on those you know, 10 11 points on those three plays and and you know and game and games do swing on on those t- on those plays and we talked last week especially about you know you have to in, in those close games you have to take your chances you know, and King's interception was a great example of that could easily have been incomplete. Yeah. And, you know, that was only first down. So the Vikings are back to second and 10 and they could have gone in and scored. But, you know, King took that opportunity, albeit I'm still not 100 percent convinced he <laughs> com- he completed the, the catch. But that's neither hit. That's that's neither here nor there. You know, the opportunity was 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 taken. And, you know, those things, those two or three plays swing games. 
Yeah, and I mean, even the last play from us, really, which was that uh, hung punt, you know, from uh, J.K. Scott, even to take off five, six seconds or whatever it was off the clock at the very end, you know, it's invaluable, isn't it, Pete, to have special teams that can do the business? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I guess what we're seeing from J.K. Scott through two games is is what they hoped that they were getting when they drafted him last year. And, Mm. you know, certainly looks like one of the premier punters in the in the league this season. Um, all you hope for is that you don't have to see him too often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, do we do, do we give an honourable mention to how poor Trevor Davis was on the night? I was pretty shocked at the <laughs> at the decisions that were made there, especially when he uh, called for a fair catch and then became a blocker <laughs> for some reason. He was like, <laughs> anyway, he was hanging his head like, how dumb am I? Yeah, it's um, I I guess the trouble is that guy, the guys want the guys want to contribute, don't they? That's that's yeah. that's the trouble, and it's it's the constant fair catching which you un, you understand becomes becomes passive and guys want to make guys want to make a play mm. you know so 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 there was that play and then there was also the play which he didn't fair catch and he <laughs> gotcha. nearly had his head taken <laughs> off you know? um yeah yeah the bright side is he didn't he didn't fumble so um yeah but but i i guess to a degree you'd rather have guys being aggressive wanting to make a play than than guys being passive so yeah it's it's generally generally good I, I i guess the big downside from the game was was the loss of raven green probably yeah. for the rest of the season um yeah so for anybody that's not seen that news he has gone down with an ankle ankle injury i'm not sure that they've fully disclosed what the injury is um but he's been placed on injured reserve which means he's out for at least eight weeks and you probably suspect the season yeah again our, our first kind of um Mad grizzly injury, apart from Bakhtiari again, who was sort of a game time decision almost. We were led to believe yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah, so at least he's he's out. Um, so we'll just try stay healthy. But the the Broncos. Um, I mean, I know we're gonna do our preview sort of quick snaps, uh, pod. But the Broncos <laughs> are going to be a bit of an easier test. I think this is the one where we really see what we have because it's like anything else. Like when I go out, I went out golfing with the president of Wicklow Golf Club played an absolute ripper of a, of a round, you know, like the best golf I've ever played in my life for absolutely no reason. And then I go out playing with my mate who finds that he's, you know, spends most of his time in the bush. And uh, so he's sort of, you know, scuttling his ball off cliffs. He's banging it into water features anywhere but the green and fairway. And I go play with him and I am just the same. I, we spend most of our time, actually people think we work and we're greenskeepers because we spend that much time in the shrubberies. Um, so again, sometimes <laughs> it's, the, it's the people you play with can elevate level so i wonder what we see against the broncos pete yeah i don't know i mean that that sounds that sounds like me steve i went around in 67 the last time i played but i was better on the second hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, those old divots out of the green huh yeah you're gonna do it yeah. um the broncos so so i guess i guess the interesting thing about the broncos is is you know their the their head coach coming over from 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 the bears hmm. again you know you have to suspect that we're up against a half decent half decent defense um big big fan joe i'm talking about obviously um we're up against a half half decent um defense and you know the 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 broncos barring um a penalty that wasn't a penalty would have beaten the bears last this sunday just just so um it's a game you you would expect the pack the packers to win reasonably comfortably and by that i mean a touchdown or there or thereabouts yeah um you know, it's going to depend on on the offense. Yeah, you you, tr- you trust. We have a lot of trust, I think, already in this Packers defense that they're going to hold opponents to 
20 points or under mm. and, may, and maybe maybe you know as low as 13 or 10 points but but you know if they're holding a team to 20 can the Packers offense get 21 or 24 or 27 which we talked about this past past weekend and I think that's the that's the big question mark that we've we've got but yeah cut long story short we certainly would expect to um beat the Broncos reasonably comfortably yeah get a bit of momentum on offense as well I mean it's a good practice game to go up against the the Broncos you might be giving a given a bit more leeway uh, to rip off some plays that you might not be able to get away with because you'd get the backfield blown up um, against the Vikings and Bears but like we say we're gonna rip that apart on quick snaps so what's your overarching then is there anything that we've left out for you in this game against the Vikes no I think I think I think we've 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 pretty much pretty much covered it. I think I think I think the overarching if we were to look back on the on this game and the and the previous week's game I, I think that the offense and defense have probably played round about how we would have expected coming into the season. Mm. The offense perhaps not quite as good as we'd hoped, but the defense probably slightly better than we had dared to hope. And we have two wins when we could easily be one and one or 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 zero and two with a few plays going the other way. So I think it's I think from that perspective, I think it's I think it's very very positive. And and let's just hope that they can get a little bit more offense and things will be great. Yeah, I'm loving it. I mean, it gives a bit of unpredictability, a bit of excitement to the game, and I think we're kind of stumbling our way to our identity. And once we find that, then I think. Um, you know, we'd be pretty unstoppable. That kind of surgical uh, carve up uh, in the first quarter and a half um, was just magnificent to watch. And the fact that we could get Devontae open, the fact that Aaron Rodgers was making the throws, because there was an element of that with me in the sense that how poor we saw last season be by the very lofty standards of Aaron Rodgers was, you know, could he still find people and pick those throws, which is an assumed yes, but, you know, I just wanted to be able to see it again. And then you see yep. the likes of Patrick Mahomes. And this guy is like still persisting with the no look pass for some reason that has to stop <laughs> being a thing. And um, but the fact that he can just carve up defenses how he wants, um, you know, and I, I can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to get back into that zone, um, of just absolutely slinging it. But I guess that all depends on the talent around them too, whether he thinks that they're going to be able to come down with it. Um, we'll soon to see. But happy, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, and you and you and you, and you just hope that as the season goes on. People become more comfortable with the with the offense, you know, not 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 just not just Rogers, but the but the wide receivers and and the backs in particular, and and you know, one or two of them are getting more open than they are now, and and think things will be good, and it will be, it's better to be this way round, I think, to start slowly and and progress as the season season goes on, so that by the time you hit the playoffs, fingers crossed, <laughs> is that is that you know you're firing on on all cylinders. Yeah, and I mean, a season can easily turn around the opposite way as well, but I, de- I definitely think we're trending up. I, de- de- I honestly feel like we're winning every week and that every week we're getting progressively better. So I just feel like the, you know, the, we're st- we've started to roll down that hill now. We're building up that momentum and it just feels like we're on the cusp of, you know, having some little tricks up our sleeve on offense to do enough to just keep eking out these games while our defense just becomes this absolute juggernaut as well. Um, so it's it's really exciting times, um, but I still you know I'd probably be confident picking the Packers against the Broncos, and again we break it up that game. 
Um, but when I have to get onto the radio every Saturday on Sunshine 106.8 as a plug, uh, <laughs> you can download the app and listen worldwide. Um, I talk about all things NFL and they always ask me to do the ACA. Uh, so I got a perfect ACA week one. I got three out of four because the Chargers let me down against the Lions getting beaten by three points for God's sake. Yeah. Um, so I would have got four for four uh, this week as well. So to have that confidence what that I used to have every time I was on the radio to call the Packers, Pete, isn't quite there yet. But by the end of the season... Well, I- yeah, well, I think it's going to be interesting trying to put the ACA together this this week, Steve, particularly with the number of injuries that are knocking around yeah. the league with Roethlisberger gone for the season and Breeze out. Breeze. And, Minus 0.48 you know, points on the fantasy, but which brings me to your piece <laughs> that you do every week, which was the power rankings. So that's out there again. If people want to hit the social media, you'll be able to see Pete's power rankings. Um, and let us know and let Pete know, obviously, uh, what you think of it. But Pete, I want to pick your brain on one of the things, which is the Saints. So I think they're, yeah. where are they, fourth on your prediction? Um, they're yeah. surely... How, how do you pick that in that instance? Because we know Breeze is down. We know... Uh, that he's likely going to be out for six to eight weeks. Would you not have dropped them instantly down, or are you still waiting I, to see what they have in Taysom Hill and Bridgewater? So, 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 so I, so I get. I guess it was. It's. It's a really obviously. It's a really interesting one. So, if, so if we put the breeze thing to one side for mm. for the for the moment, and you say they've lost to the number three team. Yeah. You know, in our in our previous week's rankings, then then it's it's probably unfair to be slipping them too far down. Um, but yeah. So, for me, it's about waiting to see how they perform this coming week without without Breeze, and then trying they're trying to make an assessment assessment. Then um, it would be it'd be easy to say, you know, um, the Saints without Breeze, then clearly they need to drop down how many places. So, so I think I think right now it's it it's it would be unfair to drop them for this week, but I. My suspicion is that they're gonna they're gonna fall down the rankings in the in in the coming weeks. But um, you know, what if what if they come out next week and I don't know who they're playing on Sunday without looking. But you know, what if they come out and Bridgewater throws for three hundred three hundred yards and they and they light it up on somebody? Yeah, his career because, was, is really odd, isn't it? I mean, Bridgewater he was yeah. expected to be the shining light in Minnesota, gets that grizzly injury, gets shipped out, and then played a pretty woeful game. Uh, for the Saints, and you hear the quote on Taysom Hill: "He's the next Steve Young, apparently." <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we I think that's probably prob- <laughs> probably a bit of a stretch. But also, I mean, you look at you look at the Saints. The Saints were unlucky with again with the official with the officials' call. Should have had a touchdown on a fum- on a fumble recovery that was called an incomplete pass, and the whistle blew and yeah. and whatever else. And you never know how much that that changed the game as well. They admitted so, it too. They admitted fault as well, yeah. which was interesting. Yeah. So you know, I think it's likely that they that they that they drop down. But but you know, if they come out and and beat somebody thirty five to seven this week, you know, you'd be then considering do I move them back up again? So I think mm. it's fair to, to 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 sit and wait. Um, but you know, I understand the argument the other way as well. It's just it's just my kind of that's the way that I put it that I put it together. I, I'm trying not to guess how they might play rather base it on how they on the how they have played and who and in particular who they've played as well so if you look at the at the cowboys who i've got sitting behind seattle and behind the packers mainly because if you look the packers have beaten the bears and the vikings who are in the kind of top certainly in the top half of, of teams right now yeah and and the cowboys who have looked pretty impressive but they've they've beaten the redskins and 
somebody else in the bottom in the bottom half of the table who I can't remember off the off the top of my head. Um, so that's so that's the reason, if you like, the Cowboys are sitting there just behind the Packers rather than the, rather than the other way around. So it's more difficult early early in the season because you can't really get a sense of yeah how good how good these teams are. And there's always a, a, a tendency to want to put all of the unbeaten teams at the top and all of the teams that haven't won at the bottom, which doesn't really necessarily show their strength. You have to try and take into account who they've played and, and how those and how those games have gone. Yeah, um, a, a fascinating read, and again, it's always good to have the back and forth as well um, after we post it because some people do query. Yeah, no, um, and it's and it's absolutely done for that. Re- it's absolutely done for. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a bit of something to take a look at, have a comment on, tell me I'm an idiot. Fantastic. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's 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 all it's about. And, and typically, what I found is that all the comments coming back have been, um, you know, very objective. Yes, I agree with it, but what about so and so, and what about so and so? And and people have made really good cases, you know, for the for the Cowboys or for, or. Or, or whatever it might be. So, yeah, no, it's all good. So, in short, uh, Peter writes his articles because he has a bit of BDNM in him, a bit of sadomasochistic uh, streak, and wants you to call him <laughs> an idiot and put him down. Uh, that's fine. That's fine, Pete. Uh, we'll do that for you. And we'll drop around with the gimp mask uh, next week. So, there we go. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, make sure you tune into Sunshine 106.8 radio here in Ireland to hear a couple of patties um, talking about NFL. I'm on the show with Ken Doherty, the snooker player, and Reggie Corrigan, the rugby player, if anyone knows outside um, Ireland. All those time you, what time are you on, Steve? Uh, usually about half nine. So uh, half nine, just after the news, or shortly before half nine. Um, and again, it's uh, not the usual in-depth Packers analysis. It's quite sort of, um, you know, Vox Poppy uh, NFL coverage, which is a lot of fun. It's pretty light, but again, it covers all NFL teams. Um, so yeah, everyone stay tuned to that. So the tickets for Cardiff are up for sale. Also, we have a Raz that we're doing for a signed March jersey. We're just banging out the March jerseys uh, one at the meetup, which is a signed Aaron Jones, and this is a KGB jersey um, that we're giving away, and also a signed pick as well. So there's only, I think, 10 slots left for that. So if you're listening to the podcast, by all means, uh, jump across to our 1919 club page and make sure that you get your entry in for that. There's no limit on entries. You can enter as many times as you like. Um, And we have had instances where people have multiple entries and they run away with multiple prizes. Uh, One guy, I, I think, came first and second. Um, when we had a three prize draw so again he absolutely got a mad haul uh, in the post so yeah I guess that sums it up then Pete before we have our quick snaps um, episode as well and please book your tickets or let me know you're coming to Cardiff and I'm really excited to go over there and have a party with a bunch of Welshmen I don't know if it's going to work out with uh, the game and all the rest but sure look um, the best intentions are there if it's anyway half as good as Manchester it's going to be an absolutely unbelievable rip-roaring night um, on the night so from myself at NFL on Twitter from the group at UK Packers make sure you follow our Instagram where you can see all of our uh, party shenanigans which is instagram.com forward slash UK Packers and of course I sound like a real radio host now and of course Facebook at facebook.com forward slash UK Packers <laughs> and the closed groups make sure you get into facebook.com <laughs> and also me old buddy me old pal at IT Hedgehog Mr. Peter Jones um, keep it locked in on Peter's thing as well and we'll speak to you in a couple of days for quick snaps